Hi everyone, today's reading is from Genesis 2, verse 1 to 3. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Amen. Pastor Allen has challenged us in his message a few weeks back, preparing us for a look at James as a New Testament echo of the wisdom of Proverbs. Assess where we are now, he said. The government of Ontario has declared a state of emergency as the pandemic continues. So we can leave our homes to work, to get groceries, go to medical appointments and to exercise, that's it. And the days of the week become more homogenous one day looking like the next with only calendars and clocks on our devices to bind us to a sense of time and especially common shared time. Earlier last year, I think Rebecca spoke of acedia, a kind of apathy that describes a menacing condition that settles in and makes itself at home. When the challenges outweigh the movement in one's life and the heart kind of shuts down. And so acedia might be as dangerous to us as the virus. The one who has created us has pressed his plans and purposes into our hearts, leaving his fingerprints there. As we lose the rhythm of our hearts to follow the purposes and as we lose the rhythm of sharing space and time, we can easily become overwhelmed. When I was studying, Sabbath was a topic that intrigued me, both its origin and its practices. The Sabbath first appears in the opening verses of Genesis 2. On the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from his work. And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating he had done. God finished his work and ordained a day of rest to enjoy it, and the Sabbath was born. A rhythm is born. Interesting to know that the Sabbath was intended for celebration of the days preceding it and not as a chance to catch our breath for weekdays and the work ahead. When we think of resting, usually it's needing a rest. We need a break from the work and it's not always the time that we take to appreciate and enjoy what's been accomplished. The Sabbath comes up again as the fourth of 10 commandments given to Moses and the Israelites in Exodus chapter 20, right under the commandments to love and respect God above all else, kind of like the Shema, but spelled out. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. In other words, don't love anything more than God. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your manservant or maidservant, nor your animals, nor the alien within your gates. For in the six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in it, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath and made it holy. Sabbath becomes a hot spot again in the New Testament when Jesus' detractors cite what seems to be his defiling of the many laws that were written to protect the Sabbath from work as he heals and def 
defends the grain collection by his disciples, all carried out on a Sabbath day. In Matthew 5.17, Jesus reminds the people that he has come not to abolish, but to fulfill the law. What does Sabbath mean for us today? What does it offer and what does it ask of us? Thinking of the beautiful verse from Micah, and what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and walk humbly with your God. What is Sabbath in a pandemic? In her book called Keeping the Sabbath Holy, Marva Dawn makes the observation that with the advent of technology, the criterion for everything in our society has become efficiency. She quotes from Abraham Heschel that Judaism teaches us to be attached to holiness in time. Where is rhythm when every day is the same and most of what we are able to do is available to us 24-7? We miss the worship in this sanctuary and we are beyond grateful for the technology and the faithfulness of all people technical who allow us to hear the word broken open every week and the music coming out of Beth's fingers at the organ, the praise music by family and friends, pictures that remind us of beloved family. But ultimately, we are shaped by the stories we hear and remember and pay attention to, the stories of God's intervention in history. To put aside what we've been doing, to put aside the things that concern and consume us, the Sabbath, to let God be God. This was hard enough to do before the pandemic. I remember lively debates in school about appropriate observance and practices of Sabbath, including, is it Saturday, is it Sunday? I remember a kind of reverent and holy envy of my observant Jewish friends who so faithfully celebrated Sabbath, not just a service to attend, but a practice that required intentional scheduling and commitments in accord with the weekly celebration. In my parents' time, Sunday Sabbath was strictly kept, stores were closed, so preparations of a fashion had to be made the day before for the family meal and for the social time they would share. In Exodus chapter 16, there's a Sabbath story that I kind of skipped over, but it's actually one of my favorites. When Moses was wandering with the uh, grumbling Israelites through the desert, the Israelites grumbled because they were hungry and they actually said they regretted that they had left the slavery in Egypt because all they could think of was the pots of meat and the meals that they had there. Imagine that. The Lord provided manna to them in the morning, enough for that day only, since it would rot if it was kept over a day and someone tried it and it did rot, except for the sixth day. In preparation for the Sabbath, the bread would keep for the Sabbath. For that reason, that story captured my imagination and I've thought of it often. I also felt the nuance of the story in the prayer Jesus taught his disciples, which is in uh, Luke's and in Matthew's gospel. Give us this day our daily bread. We can't gather for worship, we can't share meals, but we need what Sabbath offers us, the time set aside to remember what God has given us, who God is and what he asks of us. 
some time that occupies space to be still and know that I am God. When our homes have become workplaces, the idea of Sabbath takes on a special challenge. I love music and often listen to CBC. And Rob and I enjoy watching old cop shows together. It's the compromise because Rob really likes the space shows. And according to him, Big Bang doesn't count. Whatever. And some days we watch more TV in the evening than we intended. So Sabbath for me is going to include some silence. I don't doubt that God can compete with CBC or cop shows. But why would I expect him to speak to me when I willingly distract myself with music, even good music? I want more of him, and I need more of him. So. So many of us carry responsibilities that don't cooperate with silence and solitude, and God knows this and will use what we give him. Part of pandemic fatigue is embodied in the various tools and applications of technology that will allow us to communicate without being together. Contact without touch. What an oxymoron. God finished the rest of creation in the first five days and then said to himself, we should make a man. When God had finished making heaven and earth, plants and trees, stars and the moon, creatures and animals, he made man in his image for company. Moyawa pointed out that Jesus called out the 12 disciples to be with him and to go out and preach, first for fellowship, then for the job of sharing the gospel. The gospel is lived in our relationships. We are born of relationship and for relationship. And for almost a year, we have had to keep our distance. It's no wonder the fatigue has set in. The flat screen of our devices gives a virtual expression to our relationship, but we miss the touch and the breath of one another. I have always loved the wind. It reminds me how small I am and how big God is. So I offer the challenge I will take myself to watch the habits that keep me from remembering that God has numbered the hairs on my head and cares about what makes me smile and what makes me sad. The pandemic has clearly outstayed its welcome. We all have a big problem that just won't go away. And I'm grateful for the stage it has set for us as family, neighbors, and for the world to see that some problems generations of people have lived with and they haven't gone away. The pandemic is clearly too much for us to handle, but it's not too big for God. Sabbath practice can take many forms. It doesn't require turning back the hands of time to when stores were closed on Sunday and good Christians didn't play cards or whistle on the Sabbath. Finding the rhythm of Sabbath. As we cease work for a period of time, we celebrate God as creator, which is hard to do when you're busy balancing priorities and being productive with any time that's left over from washing hands all the while wearing a mask. As we cease to buy and acquire for a period of time, we also cease to seek the security in these acquisitions and depend on God's provision. As we cease worrying, we practice these verses from Paul's letter to the Philippians. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, 
by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts, your minds, in Christ. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things, and the God of peace will be with you. And in this way, our worry and anxiety is supplanted by thanksgiving. A co-worker at Daybreak was sharing her anxiety this past week as the state of emergency took effect. She has been a veritable cheerleader during the pandemic, engaging the members of the community in good times and conversation throughout the past year. And in her words, as we head toward the one-year mark, she says, now what? Throughout the successive season of 2020, she would lead the charge, pandemic fun in winter, pandemic fun in spring, here's the summer in pandemic, pandemic fun in autumn, and now looking ahead to the second lap, she suffers pandemic fatigue. But it's really the rhythm she has lost as the challenges like the days of the week, begin to look like each other. So this is what I'll be doing, and I invite you to join me if you like. I'm going to unplug and listen for the still, small voice. To rest in his arms, may we catch the rhythm that reminds us of who we are, of whose we are, a dance, with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You can separate the dancers, but you can't stop the dance. May the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you peace. Amen. <laughs>